Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today we're joined by Ricardo Gonsalves, co-founder of Revive Experience. He's a wellness guide, researcher, and parent. Ricardo leads Revive's mission to empower individuals through the optimal living method, a transformative approach that combines the power of the ocean, breath therapy, mental conditioning, and physical performance. You guys are in for a treat. His journey began six years ago when personal health challenges led him to explore holistic wellness. Today, his dedication to holistic well-being and the healing power of the ocean has positively impacted many lives. And part of the reason I wanted to have him on the show is so that you can also be impacted by some of the things that he teaches. I think you'll be amazed. So Ricardo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I feel so honored to be sharing all this information with you. And thank you for all the beautiful things you said about what we're doing, because it's developing a community to share information, share useful information to optimize performance in and out of the water. Yeah. So before we dive in and really help the listeners figure out exactly what it is that you do and how it can help them. I'd love to ask if you have ever experienced burnout. Definitely, yes. I do. One of the things that interested me the most, obviously, of sharing the time with you was that you brought up the subject, and I have been in the journey of just handling not only personal burnout, but uh, burnout of people around me, my teams, because my background, even though it's always been as a consultant and a marketing and strategic communications management in media and tourism and different industries, like a high performance lifestyle is needed. And sometimes it, it leads to burnout in a way that you're not aware that it's happening to you. And the first thing you have to do is like accept, hey, I am going through a phase. And it happened to me twice. This journey led me to a very, very critical moment in my life when I had migrated to the United States. My most severe burnout had many variables. I was moving from one country to another. My wife was pregnant. I had sold the business that I was like waiting to develop in Venezuela and the situation. I had to arrive to the United States and suddenly one month before my baby was born, they misdiagnosed me with cancer. 
Wow. And in my back. So, and I was like all stressed out and super completely burned out. I came from developing a farm that we milked buffaloes for making mozzarella cheese. And it was going to be a very big business. And the situation in Venezuela was complicated. So I arrived here and when I went to the doctor, finally, especially one month and a half after they have diagnosed me, and I was eating very bad. I was anxiety was completely triggered with anything. And I had to stop doing all the sports that I love doing. At my back, I had two discal hernias. My back was completely aged still, but now I'm more aware of it and work to, to perform better and be able to do all the things that I do. So when I went to the doctor and he finally did the complete assessment and told me, no, no, you have, have a typical angiomas and you don't have to get surgery. You just have to become the fittest guy you know. What? I mean, at this stage in my life, I was like 30 pounds overweight. I was really very stressed and I, I was losing my mobility 100%. So I started my research, like to just do something different that can work for me and can adapt to my lifestyle, my budget, my priorities. And that's when I started connecting with breathwork again, mm. after many, many years. And breathwork has been the tool that has opened all the doors to help me deal with this mini burnout sometimes that we have. And let me go back to my tool. So my objective with Revive and our objective as a community is to share useful information, starting with our three pillars, which is breath therapy. We love to say breath awareness. And that's how you start initiating control, just being aware. Then we start to relax so that we can enter into a more rest and digest and be able state and be able to start entering into mental conditioning, stimulating growth, visualizing. I tried for yoga, meditating. I really tried, but it was very hard for me. So what I found in breath work is that mechanically you enter into a meditative state and then you can easily go into a visualization process. And that's where you go inside objectives that you want to conquer in a very realistic way. We've had incredible athletes, soccer players, football players, baseball, and when they go into the element water, they forget how to, they forget how to breathe. They just are the ones that have the tool in the most raw way. And then when they start applying it in the field, in the boardroom, in any, in, the, in your house with your wife or with your kids, when you lose it, you start becoming digamos, a channel to share the tools with your teams. And that's what I believe that has been like the, the best thing is the, the sharing the tools so that you don't burn out as a leader of a family. So I want to take a step back because I want to just set the stage because you've kind of delved into so many different things. What you're saying is you started out with your own health challenge and that puts you on a journey to find solutions, find tools, find answers that can help you get back on track. And along the way, you discovered breath work and how important that is. And so what you're doing now for people who maybe aren't so familiar with this work is you're taking people to the beach to start off with. You sit them down on the beach and you're teaching them how to breathe correctly. You're teaching them how to slow everything down. And then you put them in the water, which is kind of like, okay, 
now that you have been trained, we're going to put you in a stressful situation, right? Because the water can be stressful if you're not used to being in that. So everything that you're doing kind of parallels the real world, right? You talked about meditation. You talked about all these things. These are the things that we do to build ourselves up in terms of resilience so that when we do face stressful situations in the real world, we are prepared. And so now people are coming into the water and tell us exactly what it is that you do. So from the beach into the water, what does that process look like if somebody's coming for the first time and they don't really know what to expect? I love that question. Yeah. The adaptation process to the ocean is a journey for everyone in a very different way. Like when you already performed in the sand and, and you're starting to use the tools or just being more aware of how your breath should be working starts the adaptation process. And that's when I believe a big part of the magic happens is when you enter into the water. And I like to say water because we also do these sessions in pools with people mm -hmm. that don't even know how to swim. Okay. But they start to learn about being underwater and how they can relax even if they are underwater holding their breath. Okay. So that's okay. so the analogy. idea the idea is that they're learning how to elongate the breath so that when they're underwater they they can stay there for longer periods of time. You're teaching them to kind of control their breathing. A big part of our, of our sessions is adapting. So the person is in the beach yeah, in a beautiful sunrise usually because our sessions, our initiation sessions are very early in the morning at 6.30 usually. People arrive, they do this whole breathing class. Then they have the sand and when they start going to the water, they first get the correct gear. They're instructed about safety. What you're asking them isn't really to swim. It's more to basically sink to the bottom and see how long they can hold their breath. Or you first. have them do exercises under the water for periods of no. time, right? So tell us a little bit more about what happens under the water. One of the benefits of free diving is the mammalian dive reflex, Okay. Okay. The, the mammalian dive reflex can make you adapt and it gets triggered with cold water or when you're doing immersions. And that reflex is the most primitive part, I think, that we have as humans. I believe it is kind of a hunt. It's a hunting instinct and it gives you a lot of focus when it gets triggered. So once people get underwater, they biochemically start changing. You mentioned this mammalian dive reflex, which I think is really interesting. So you're going underwater. What do you start to experience? What does this reflex actually do? High cardio, it starts lowering down bradycardia. Okay. So you start getting into a more relaxed state so that you can hold your breath longer. Your body, your brain, your system is so perfect that it starts taking all the blood to protect your vital organs. You definitely get more focus. I mean, okay. you're in the present moment. If you know how to control it, okay, you can get an amazing benefit out of it. And I believe that it lasts even when you go out of the water. You're just so focused. 
because you've been there. You learn how to control yourself, how to enter into a more parasympathetic state underwater. More controlled, more relaxed. You get more focused. You enter into flow. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So how long, once somebody enters the water, does it take to trigger this reflex? It's a very fast. You get uh, a lot of benefits if you control your breath when you enter into a more stressful situation. I feel like there's this paradox. So maybe you can speak to that, which is there's going to be a lot of people who are panicked, who are anxious. They're like, I'm going to run out of breath. And they kind of get all in their heads, which prevents them from relaxing. And then they don't get the benefit of this reflex, which would then allow them to hold their breath actually longer, be more focused, be more relaxed. So it's kind of a paradoxical thing because what you're saying is the more you let go of control, the more you can benefit from this reflex, be relaxed and be able to stay down there longer. So how can people transition from this anxious state where they're worried about running out of breath and everything else that comes up? I don't know what kind of crazy stuff goes through people's heads, but I can only imagine to being able to actually let go. Like, do you kind of see what it takes for that switch to get flipped on for people? It's a different journey for everybody. You can see when a person arrives and the first thing we do inland is an assessment to see how they are breathing. And when they have proper breathing mechanics and they are aware that they can change their breathing pattern, they will also do it in the water in, in a much faster way. Okay. In the water, in, in the ocean or in an ice bath. Mm. Okay. Because it's about awareness. Right. But I could I I could imagine that You've trained me to breathe on the sand and I have this knowledge of what it takes to have this more controlled breathing, right? I have that awareness that you're talking about. And I go into the water and it all goes away because I get into panic mode. Do you find that? Yes, many times. Right. Some- so what do we need when we're in? Because this is essentially what we're talking about. This is exactly a parallel process, right? Because we can say the same thing happens in real life, like outside of the water, outside of the scenario where I have, you know, maybe I, I meditate or I exercise or I do breath work or whatever. And then I go to work and something is really stressful and I forget all my tools, right? So what would you advise us based on your experience with doing this work? can allow us to get back into our tools so that we can reap the benefits of the tools, or in this case, the mammalian dive reflex. So these are, are different things. And I always go back to awareness. When we have the person start entering into a panic situation, which has never gotten to that point where it's completely panic because People feel safe. That's the the good thing about this. People Mm. feel safe because we are here. When we do the circle of trust, it's the first part of the protocol. We explain a lot of safety situations that we will be having so that they can implement the tool when they start getting stressed. Okay. Mm. So the first in the water, when you have the person hyperventilating or starting to hyperventilate, you don't want 
heard to be hyperventilating for a long time because it's not safe. They start to panic, especially in the ice. Okay. Yeah. When they go in the ice, what happens? You start usually mouth breath, mouth breathing. Yes, and, and short. When you yeah. go to the ocean, when you go to, when you're in the ocean or you're performing exercises, your instructor has to be much more aware where that boundary is. You don't want to get to panic. So before, hey, get on the board or grab the buoy, float. Okay, let's go back. Let's take five and we do a protocol, pre-dive right. protocol, and they have to go. And there are signals, like I told you, okay, if he needs to go on top of the, of the flotation device, he has to just so that we can go back to our breathing. And if the person can, we'll just take him back to land. Okay. So what you're saying is that number one, you train them ahead of time, how to trust you so that they feel safe. But if you go into the water and they panic for whatever reason, then you use your communication, which is why you kind of talk about that ahead of time. Like how do we communicate underwater so that you can let me know if you're not feeling safe. And we have this board that you can come up from the water, hold on to it and float if until you calm yourself enough down so that you can go back in, right? So you have all these kind of procedures. And if we were going to maybe spin these tips and think about how this applies outside the water, we might say that you have to have something ahead of time, some sort of preparation, right? Because you talked about your three-step processes. It starts with breath awareness, then you go into mental conditioning, and that allows for physical performance. And I think about it like in terms of the workplace where that breath awareness therapy is essentially having more self-awareness, right? Whether it's how do you feel in your body? What are the thoughts going through your mind? Like just being aware of your state. Are you stressed? Are you like holding on? Are you all tight in your body? Like what's going on? And then when you have more of that awareness, you can start to relax. When you're in that more relaxed state, then you can go to the next level, which is mental conditioning, which is now we can train your brain to keep your body relaxed, right? So you're using the breath as kind of like a segue into this very important piece, which is conditioning the mind. And then once we have your body because of the breath and your mind all kind of conditioned to go, then we can expect that you're going to perform optimally. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, like the way we break it down and usually in the water uh, is in, in five steps, okay? Let's say the person is starting... He's obviously he's mouth breathing because he has a mask on. Okay. Yeah. But he's like, you see, he is getting out of control. So he has to go like this or he can go like this. Like I want to go out. So hand percent. signals. Yeah. With hand signals. So if everything is okay, he'll always be doing like this. I'm doing the shaka. It's all about having fun while you adapt in a control way and you learn the tools. Like I told you, the first one is... Be aware. Okay, how are you breathing? Just try to be aware. Remember, so what's how am I breathing? Now I'm in a boardroom. Let's say I'm not even in the water. That's why the analogy is so important. I'm in a boardroom. I am mouth breathing. I am vertical breathing. Let me first see how the people around me are breathing. Who's breathing through the nose? I, I put my hands on fire. That the one that's breathing through the nose with the mouth shut is more much more focused than the person who is 
mouth breathing. Okay, so you're aware now. Okay, I have my mouth open in the boardroom. Let's say you're in the water and you feel your cardio. First thing I do, I try to relax. Step number two, boom, I relax. Okay, let me relax. Then you enter into conscious breathing. Okay, let me do a protocol so I can optimize my performance, whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When you start breathing before a dive, you do a, a protocol. You can do many protocols. Everybody, like, whatever's have are very particular about that. I use two, two, eight. Two seconds in holding, inhaling. Two seconds holding, eight seconds exhaling. Hmm. Okay? Do it for many times, just until I get my relaxation. Check. Okay. Now, I am setting an intention. Okay, I want to relax, or let's say I'm weightlifting, I'm going to do an intentional hold or an exhale before I go into doing what I'm going to be doing. You just do the protocol that is recommended for if you want to relax, relax, or if you want to just be more engaged, you can be more engaged. The last one is integration. Okay, you start putting an intention. Okay, that's where the mind growth mindset starts on the student, on the person that is learning. Hey, Okay, now you're relaxed. Now you already are breathing to get more relaxed. It's two to eight. Now you let's put an intention. And your intention will be to do the proper equalization, for example. Mm-hmm. You have to equalize three times from here to the bottom, blah, blah, blah. And we can always go back into land and let's review the tools. Give me a box breathing for three minutes. People get challenged, but always in a very safe way. We develop what we know uh, is the first underwater performance track in the world. Okay, so it's a baseball diamond. Okay, you have all this journey through bases, home base, first base, second base, third base. And then you have the journey to Zen state. And that's how we call it because it's just a protocol where you get to underwater pulas. They are statues that we've put there and, and, and they just make an, a marine environment, which is super cool. We get all kinds of crabs and fish and tarpoons and barracudas and, and just a lot of more fauna. And we have made all this part of the program, just mm-hmm. going to the ocean. First, we do shallow water, obviously. We start teaching people how to deal with underwater gravity, with dumbbells, with kettlebells. And we have this procedure that safely makes people equalize and go a little bit deeper. Like the track is at 15 to 17 feet, depending on the tide. And people like get down in a very safe way and always learning how to adapt their ears to the pressure of the water going into their ears, learning how to equalize. And that's a big part of connecting with your body and just being aware that you're adapting to the element. You're becoming the element. Like you're becoming part of the element. And when you go down and start training and running, dealing with underwater gravity, you can run as fast or maybe faster than a swimmer if you use the gravity underwater in a very hydrodynamic way. So you can start running bases. You have all kinds of exercises. And it's all been developed in a way that your journey, your flow to the ocean can start in a classroom, just being aware of your breath. That's where breath therapy starts. Mm-hmm. And it can end running 40 meters nonstop from base to base with a 45-pound kettlebell. And, and then just getting into a statue and being able to just dive and be present and look up 
uh, to the surface and say, hey, I'm in control. I am fully present. And you don't even remember that cell phones exist and you don't even remember that everything is blocked except just being there. And that's part yeah. of like reaching, taking the limitless pill without the pill. So what I love about that is that you essentially gamify this whole process where it almost feels like you're playing baseball or something and you're going around the bases and then you've got this Buddha, which is almost like the finish line where you can just sit and you're like, yes, I've arrived. Like I've done everything and I've been able to hold my breath this whole time. And now I get this like photo moment of like me sitting next to the Buddha statue and it's something to remember this experience by. And of course, as you mentioned, all of this training is helpful, not just in the moment, but it actually is something that people can use when they go out into the real world. So can you speak very quickly about how this kind of translates outside the water? So they've learned now about breath awareness. They've had this experience of being able to stay underwater for an, uh, a little while. They've gotten into that reflex that you talked about and the benefits of that. They've adapted. All of this has been going on. They feel safe. They have the trust. All of the things are in flow. Now what happens when they leave the water? So okay. first thing is breath awareness. They are like, oh, oh, Rick, I was in a boardroom. This is something I, I get a lot. And I before the, the session was on, I was looking at everybody breathe and there were so many mouth breathers and then they were completely out of focus and they start sharing their experience because when what we are is the channel it's a very spiritual path okay to just be aware of how the energy is around you through breathing so they go into the boardroom and they're noticing other people around them and that's because they're aware of their own breath and what they learned. And then they share their journey and they can help other people around them to calm down and be more focused. And then there's this kind of ripple effect of the work that you do with them one-on-one -on -one under the water. So I love that. I love that. And that's a great reminder for us of how important breath actually is to getting us out of that fight or flight state to be able to get into what you call, you know, the parasympathetic or the rest and digest so that we can have more mental clarity, more focus and reach optimal performance. So Ricardo, thank you so much for number one, doing the work that you do. And I think it's just so unique. And I just wish like, listen, guys, if you're ever in Miami, definitely look Ricardo up because you've got to experience this for yourselves. It's not something that can be explained on a podcast very well, but I think it's really about getting in the water having this experience of challenging yourself to hold your breath, running his obstacle course underwater and sitting with the Buddha and getting these videos afterwards that you can relive it again and again. I think it's such a beautiful experience. So thank you for doing this work. Uh, I think it is really meaningful. I'm so glad that it's helped you and it's helping so many of your students. And so for people who might be interested in learning a little bit more, or maybe they live down here in Miami and they want to get in on this where should they go to find out some information sure well our instagram is at flow to the ocean f-l-o-w-t-o the ocean and our website is also flow to the ocean okay uh, it's that's you can find us there in a very fast we have 
programs for business owners, for their corporate teams. We have uh, programs for kids, uh, the next generation program. We have now we're launching the Evolution program. Evolution 555 is for active executives, for business owners, for athletes who want a five-week transformational journey into breath awareness and, and, and underwater performance training. Yeah, you can find us there and, and I hope we can impact and share these tools with you and with everybody in your audience. Awesome. Thank you. This is very cool. And I do hope that one day I can bring in some groups and we can do this together. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.